Hello and welcome to the Film Ireland podcast. I'm Gemma Cray and I'm chatting with director Joe Lee about his film 406 Days. This powerful documentary covers the efforts of the Debenhams workers on their strike where they fought hard for their redundancy. This film will be screened at the Still Voices Film Festival, which takes place from the 15th to the 19th of November in Ballymahan. So thank you so much for chatting with us, Joe. You're welcome. A little while back, we actually spoke with Fergus Stout. He's the producer of 406 Days and Carol Ann Bridgman, yes. who's one of the workers who really stood up so bravely for her rights over the that really intense strike. Um, in that podcast, we touched on the immediate outcome of the strike and on Carol's experience on the front lines and some of the logistics about the strike itself. So um, if anyone's listening in and maybe they're not familiar with the with the with the strike, with what we're we're talking about, that might be a nice place to to listen to. Um now I just just to go to those really intense moments that you guys documented. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what your experience was um at the time, like back, way back when in the midst of COVID, when all this was happening? Well, I was asked by Fergus contacted me and the, the strike had actually ended a year before I became involved in the making of the film. And um, because of sort of uh, other work that I had made in the past, Fergus thought that I might be an interesting person to talk to about about doing, directing a, a film about the four or six days. So it had actually ended nearly 12 months before I became involved. Uh, Fergus came across the, the, the dispute during COVID while it was still it was still on, you know. So so that was that, that was but I, I was I wasn't that aware of, of of the issues in this in, you know, you know, in the dispute. But I had heard about it, like, you know, but because it was on during COVID, I was kind of very much like, you know, a member of the public who, you know, just was hearing about this for the first time. So I think that that kind of um, that openness to what this was all about really sort of play, played well in the making of the film. Actually, that's a very good, um, yeah, perspective to come from that you, your eyes are being open to it, and and it's a fresh pair of eyes as well. Yeah, no, I think that that made it, you know, something that was, um, you know, a little bit different because you know I was kind of in 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 a way the 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 public. <laughs> and Fergus, um, the producer of this, he co-wrote a book about the strike as well. So yeah. when you, um, maybe when you came on board. Did you was your first instinct to um to look at the, the to read the book to yeah <laughs> to talk no, to no, people? Fergus rang me on a Friday evening and um he he sort of talked about the strike and I said yeah I kind of heard about it. And he said well look my, myself and this woman Sue have made have written a book about it that we've self published uh, and I said okay I'll buy the book and I'll read it so I went into town on the Saturday bought the book. And just read it from cover to cover, and I was just sold on the idea of becoming involved in 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 the project because I hadn't known anything of the detail. I had just heard radio and news reports about it kind of sporadically in the year or two before before then, and um, you know I I I so so yeah so that was kind of I got back onto him on the Sunday and said yeah look I'd really like to be involved. I think by the following weekend, we had started doing interviews. So it all happened very quickly. And thematically, that would have been quite linked to, you know, you're documenting Dublin, you're documenting um, projects in the past. Can you talk a little bit about your career up to that point? 
Yeah, I mean, I've always been, you know, way, way, way back in the 1980s, uh, myself and a group of other people um, formed a company called City Vision Productions. So I suppose that kind of says quite a lot. Um, City Vision was kind of about telling stories um, that 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 were more urban based. I suppose culture up until that time had been been very much sort of um, focused on on Ireland's kind of nearly rural traditions and 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 that. And I think at that stage in the nineteen eighties, there was a lot of young musicians and actors and writers and filmmakers. Um, you know, trying to 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 reflect a more contemporary sort um, experience of life in Ireland, and uh, so I would have been involved in in I directed a film called Sometimes City in 1985, um, then it went on and co-directed with a guy called Frank DC uh, a film called The Courier, and then after we made The Courier. That company City Vision closed down, but I continued to make documentaries and dramas. Uh, that reflected sort of more of an urban culture, I suppose. But uh, from the 1990s and into the early 2000s, I worked in a lot of uh, kind of community settings around around Dublin. And I made a series of, of, of programs about parts of Dublin. So as I've always been, I've always had an interest in Dublin and in telling Dublin stories. Um, you know, so, yeah, so that's kind of it an anthropological view of 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 our of our city but i think that's so important when it comes to literally documenting it because there's so much of our culture and our 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 backstories it it's very transient and if it's not always kind of captured in a specific way it can be lost so so yeah. quickly you know but that was that was what was kind of interesting about um the projects that I got involved in the in the 1990s and into the early 2000s, because a lot of areas in Dublin were going through a process that was called regeneration, but really, it wasn't. There wasn't that much regeneration go, going on. And I worked in Inchicore in a place called St Michael's Estate, which was like a small Ballymun, and uh, the work that I ended up doing there was recording the stories from from the 1980s onwards really and and how that that housing estate had fared and that was that was something that was very interesting and that led on to to doing some work in a place called O'Devany Gardens and uh, it was going through it was to be redeveloped and both of those regeneration or redevelopment schemes collapsed in the financial crisis so the promise the, the promise of, of of a kind of a new future uh, never has never been realized sort of in in those places in particular but from there then people around the markets area asked me would I document their stories and I just so happened to become filmmaker in residence uh, for Dublin City Council in 2009 and we were able to to kind of fit something together and I did a film called Bananas on the Breadboard which was um about women's street trade women's street traders in Dublin from the markets area and so we kind of told the story of the tradition of of how women really had had uh, you know pioneered a, a you know a way of life there uh, that was uh, and and then during the 1980s again it always seems to come back to the 1980s but uh, uh, the, there was a huge drugs problem in Dublin 
But a lot of those street traders were being taken off the street and being fined, and some of them actually ended up in prison. Uh, while this uh, drugs ep- epidemic was sort of sweeping through through whole swathes of the city, so um, that film "Bananas on the Breadboard" kind of I think was uh, like a catalyst for me becoming involved in this film because this was sort of they were the women who were on the outside on the street, sort of as street traders, and these were were people who were in retail on the inside. And it was kind of telling that story. So I've always been interested in stories about women and 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 uh, that. So, yeah, I was just going to say there's a strong feminist theme to your work of um, working yeah. class women and working women and giving platform to people that maybe wouldn't necessarily have that same voice throughout all echelons of media, which is obviously that's a, a common thread. Is there any sort of reason that you're particularly is that is that something that you're um, just unconsciously drawn to? I, I think that um, I think um, you know the the matriarchy and a lot of those communities where where um, you know there being a kind of social breakdown. Um, I I think the, the epidemic of drugs from the 1980s onwards really sundered a lot of communities. But the things that 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 held things together were were normally the the matriarchy if and where that was stronger community sort of seemed to to survive longer so in, it was kind of in the telling of those stories but I've also done quite a bit of work about violence against women as well and because that was kind of another offshoot of of you know social breakdown that was happening in some communities but you know right across the board in society as well so I um I was involved in doing the video end of, a, of an arts project called Once Is Too Much. And we made uh, three or four video installation pieces that recorded some of those those stories. So I think that work really sort of was very poignant because it was so, you know, it was it was such an important sort of issue. And uh, one of the pieces that I made for I called Open Season became part of the Irish Museum of Modern Arts uh, permanent collection. So I think it was it was kind of that mixture of of those things kind of happening that that um you know brought me very much more into into kind of the a feminist um you know storytelling of of you know of the city and that. Yeah, and and talk about strong women. Um, this film certainly documents uh women with with the backbone of steel, considering all that they've that they've been through. Um, which is really fascinating. Tell me a little bit about your approach when you first came attached to the project. Well, one of the things that really struck me was was you know this idea of what work meant to people. What what you know, and particularly, um. You know that that idea of having a job and having a job for life and what that sort of meant, and that breaking down now into the kind of casualization of a lot of, of a lot of labor. So it was the dignity of and the meaning that work had in people's lives that really sort of interested me, and that's where we kind of started with it. You know, it was so self evident. Um, just what these jobs actually meant to people, you know, their whole identities was, was was tied up in it. So I kind of felt that that was going to be at the core of whatever whatever contribution I was making to to the thing that that's what I that's what interested me really. 
Yes, and it is. And I think also how at a time where things are sort of changing, where retail is sort of shifting tact, where, yeah. you know, physical spaces are, are more costly to maintain and so much kind of trading now switched to online. And at that time, the online um, Debenhams store was doing very, very well, where on one sense, as a viewer, you can kind of see how in the eyes of the people making the decisions, these women were just collateral damage that they could kind of swipe off with a pencil, even though they, these contracts that they had had been hard negotiated. There was still money floating around and it was a very kind of calculated cauterization of um, the Irish leg of Debenhams. And I'm just wondering, like the, there's sort of a lot of factors to unpack when it comes to what actually happened and we did kind of go into detail about the the practicalities but as a filmmaker like it it's so big like on, on one hand you have these stories of these women going through the wars um, and it's a very visceral very emotional journey but on this other hand you have all these like things at play as a filmmaker how do you go okay well this is how I'm going to get this on the page <laughs> yeah yeah I think really you know the journey of the dispute you know, and, and the journey of the people on the picket line was our guiding star, really, and on that. And although there were kind of difficult things to describe, you know, for instance, when when KPMG and mandate officials came together and they uh, they sort of publicized that they had come to a resolution without kind of consulting the women on the, the, the picket line. And so things Man's like that at were, its best. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, things like that were really important and kind of in a way sort of symbolized kind of the things that were going on underneath all of this, you know. But ours wasn't to do an investigative journalist sort of piece on it. That's a perfectly legitimate way of, say, looking at a, pro at a project like this. Uh, but we felt, no, we were kind of following the human story of these women as this situation evolved and their responses to it and their strategies that they apply, uh, applied. Um, we did consider at one stage, yeah, will we go in and try and look at the sort of the history of um, the history of Debenhams and all of that. And we kind of said, no, really, that that uh, that's another type of film. And we we were better sort of sticking with with the, with the route that we had chosen. And and that was was following the story as it evolved. But we did obviously do some research on those things. And from the early 2000s, really, Debenhams had been sort of hollowed out. Its assets were constantly being sort of sold and traded. It was being taken off the stock exchange and then refloated after some more of its assets had been sort of stripped, kind of bare. And and I think um you know i think carmel redmond at one stage in the film says you know you know we didn't know who, you know it, it kept on changing hands we didn't know who owned it you know from one day to the next um and it always seemed that they were they, that they were kind of the collateral damage damage in the, those processes that went on but we couldn't get into just the specifics of all of the the granular detail of all of those things. But I think it's very much, you know, like the women themselves knew that online was happening and that things were changing and that. And really all that they wanted was, was that the deal that they had kind of fought very hard for 
would be would be honored and you know in in hindsight sort of looking back at it now you know really that liquidation should never have happened it should never have been allowed to happen because you know uh, all of the facts weren't out and uh, on the table so you know so that's why we use that very simple device at the end of just sort of saying what the outcomes were on on a few fronts but uh, yeah it was a very, that was it was a decision i was sort of really pleased that we made uh, to follow that to follow the women's story and let they kind of led they led the dispute and they sort of led in terms of 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 um describing what happened so i'm going to go a little bit into the technical elements with you about the film and then i'd love to talk about sort of the outcome and how it was received because i know you had some really good screenings but i'm just going to kind of delve into just the technical aspects first sure, yeah. i do have i know yeah. there's like there has been some changes in the meantime. So with regards to planning the structure, when did the countdown element take shape? Yeah, uh, when we went around uh, to the various stores, because it, what kind of interested me as well was it wasn't just a Dublin story. It did start for me as a Dublin story because the first interviews that we did were where the picket line had been Um so um yeah so everywhere we went that 406 days because they had, the women themselves had begun to count out those days and when we went to Tralee there was a particular sign that really sort of grabbed my attention and I could just kind of thought that's the sort of way of sort of structuring it because you know um because those the, the stages that happened were were being marked out on a daily basis during the, the strike by the women themselves. So it felt authentic to what the story was about. And we actually used the graphics that they that they had come up with down, you know, that these sort of handmade sort of signs. And we took a lead for that. And I kind of enhanced that a little bit. And you know, I think the there's a the colors that were used were very much for me like the the sex pistols kind of um uh, album um you, you, uh, back in the night back in the 1970s <laughs> um never mind the bollocks here comes the sex pistols i think was the title of the album and so they just those things just sort of seemed to marry in a way and and uh, but it was obviously a very useful um device because you could break up and people would could feel oh yeah we're progressing towards the four or six days you know um so so that was yeah so that was the the, the, the kind of the where did that idea kind of came from and we just developed it as we went through so and Fergum had mentioned in the last podcast how you guys sourced a lot of because there's so much coverage in this of of the various yes. incidents so much how you guys had sourced so much um coverage from social media and in a way it's it's a testament to how had this not have happened at this time you might not have had that have level yeah. yeah well I mean it was very interesting because as I said to you like I didn't know that much about the dispute before I became involved in the film so I was like this eyes the eyes and ears of the sort of public nearly uh in in terms of doing it but what was fascinating was, was the amount of of social media that had been about you know 
been recorded. So in a way, both myself and Fergus were able to, you know, work, look at a whole range of things. We were very lucky that people were very, because we were making the film from that point of view of, of the women who had been on the dispute, we got fantastic access to their own material and other supporters that had supported them. Um, so, you know, the problem really was trying to sift through it and trying to find, you know, what were the the the, the right pieces and uh, and you know there were some issues of quality, but that was kind of interesting as well from my point of view. Is, is once once you establish something like that, it's the kind of content of what's happening in there that that matters more than you know it being you know a pixel size. It, it you know to 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 for a feature film, you know. Uh, so, so that was kind of very interesting, and it was a real process that we went through. And both myself and Fergus worked really well together. You know that he gathered stuff up, and then I sifted through it and like started using it as part of the edit. And um, you know, then we'd go back and refine it and 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 and, and try try and sort of uh, get the the best the best stuff that was out there for for whatever whatever we were doing. Um, but I mean, I was concerned because like the story, the arc of the story is that, you know, the, uh, the defiance and the idea of go, go, going on strike and uh, putting a picket right across the country. And that was that was really interesting. It was not it was a national dispute. Um, and, you know, yeah, so that that was kind of yeah, that was interesting. And it's it is so funny as well. And one of the points that is made very well in the film is that if this was men, that wouldn't have happened in the same way. And what that footage captured with some of the dealings with the women when they came up against elements of security or even the guardie was sort of a lack of respect. And I even think like like the boundaries weren't expect respected in the same way and there's one bit and I, like it actually sort of haunts me like the while back now I think I, I saw the film twice in screenings and it's a while back now and I still think about it and it's one of those run-ins and the lack of dignity that these women that are just fighting for their rights um mm. are are being treated with at the hands of how the state are dealing with it and it this isn't Debenhams this is how those legal aspects were enforced and that um, sort of <laughs> how neoliberal interests are, are protected at the end of the day and on our dime uh, which is and I think the film makes that point very subtly and it in like but it is there when you're watching it about how the structures in play are, are really um unfair and and again I think you guys explain it with a very deft hand um, because it doesn't kind of overwhelm the narrative it's very much so you're in the moment you're you're going through it and I'm I'm just wondering when it comes to sort of editing something like this, I presume there's so much that ends on the cutting room floor or so many perspectives that you're trying to get in. Was there any, was there, is there like another version of this or like a, yeah, if you. No, you I mean, can... I, yeah, if you, you know, you could have done an investigative journalist sort of piece. That wouldn't have been something that I'd done because my strength was kind of telling those kind of stories from the ground that was that's kind of the work that I'd been doing and I think that's why myself and Fergus you know that he was looking for somebody like that to work with um on on the project so um so there of course there could be other versions of 
this film i uh, i think again but again we just i just kind of came back to that idea of you know we were following these women the story that these women wanted to tell about about this experience that they'd had i think the thing was was as well that because it had it was over a year it had been quite traumatic for a lot of people people were still in a sense you know shocked or sad about it so the opportunity to tell that story, you know, had a lot of energy and a, a lot sort of going for it. And and that I I sort of kind of recognized that fairly fairly early on. So people were were still very much embodied by the experience that they had been gone that they had gone through, you know. Um as you say towards the end of the film, you sort of see that these legal injunctions are being enforced. They're being enforced by the guards and stuff like that. And it was kind of, you know, there's a sadness about that more than anything else. That 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 is that's what it came to. It's not that the guards were particularly sort of violent or, you know, that wasn't the point of that. It was more just that this is where it was going. You know, yeah, there was one moment that was very heavy handed and that I felt was very shocking because like these are, yes. you know, it was one woman, the way she was being handled. We knew as yeah. viewers, I presume the, the the guard in question probably didn't, but that she had had health issues. And it was just I think it was the lack of dignity that they were affording her, the lack of respect. And like and again, what was a very peaceful protest. I think it's just and that is and obviously you knew it because like it's one of the it's one of the opening moments yeah. of the, in the film I mean, that you're like you're kind of haunted by it that's right yeah and it, in a way how was it that how was it that a daughter was sort of saying don't harm my mother you know that there's this danger and for all of us that idea of our mother being sort of manhandled in some way you know is that there's something that's kind of frightening and and uh, and it was kind of to answer that question how did it come to that in in a way that was the sort of starting point for me in making the film how how did this how did this happen you know uh, what's the story behind this um and so that that one moment at the beginning is obviously deliberately put at the beginning to to try and unwind or unpack what that was all about um and and that that was what was really sort of on my mind you know uh with that and as well, I think one of the one of the really beautiful moments as well, and and this is when you were talking about going into those interviews, is having those women talk about their experience, but from um, the like actually in the shop, which I presume you know that kind of hollowed out husk of a, yeah. of a retail of a retail yeah. place that they'd worked like for so many. Yes, yeah, but it's like sort of. Mo- mausoleum to sort of the retail trade nearly you know and that was really kind of key for us in terms of making it we realized fairly quickly that because of covid and because of the sort of downturn in the economies and stuff like that these these stores weren't going to open really quickly but they would be released to somebody else fairly soon and we realized that you know debenhams were no longer involved in the leases because they didn't really own very much property anymore at all. They just leased and they leased it from what from Roach's stores. So as long as we just had insurance, we could go in. We just had to make a, a deal with the security company that it was OK for us to go in. So we had access to the whole to the stores to fill them in. 
which was great because as you say there, there were these sort of hollowed out spaces and that just sort of seemed to resonate with that idea of you know what did what did these lives sort of that used to be sustained by a place like this you know how how do you reflect on that and juxtaposing that with these empty sort of cavernous spaces was just interesting and so we were obviously sort of flying drones and stuff inside which was kind of interesting because drones are sort of used now like all the time with every single thing you know but they're generally used for this kind of faraway stuff and to 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 locate the context of the the space and stuff like that which is all very well so it was kind of interesting just sort of using them close up and just using little small moves and stuff like that like really sort of tracking shots you know we and we but, but because the spaces were empty it wasn't that difficult to do that you know and talk to me as well about your creative partnership um with Fergal how do you guys i presume like i mean he's literally written the book on it so i presume he's not going to be like the most or fergus sorry and um, he's literally written the book on this so he's not going to be the most hands off <laughs> i presume in terms of like yeah, creative, or is he like I'll I'll trust your vision a hundred percent, or is he like here I I actually know a little bit more about this. Yeah, no, he very much trusted my my thing, but we kind of worked together. You know, like it was a sort of conversation really that we were having. You know, uh, over and Fergus kind of did come in on the edit. You know, so I'd sort of prepare chunks of it, and we'd sit down, we discuss it, and I'd sort of say, "Look, I don't think that's working, or that needs to be," and vice versa. He'd sort of say, "We really need to be able to explain what this means," you know. Um, as you see, as time went on, as the winter, as that winter sort of went on, it became harder and harder for them to 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 man all the the uh, the picket lines, you know, because it's just unrelenting, and. Uh, but during that time, also a number of sort of strategic things kind of happened. There was com- there were there, there was negotiations that kind of stopped and started. There was promises made from KPMG that they wouldn't uh, take stock out of the thing. If so, the the women then were able to to sort of say, "Oh, we don't. We only have to go in three nights a week or something like that." And the word was broken. So there was lots of things like that that happened. You know, it was kind of fuzzy sort of time so Fergus was great at sort of saying look we need we we actually have to kind of cover this one and this one and this one but these these other ones aren't that that significant you know um so and it was all about trying to move the story forward um you know so God, and I'd say again, there's so much in there to to kind of get a bulldog, but it's so exciting. Like when you're watching it, you're like, there's ups, there's downs, there's breaking, yeah. there's like, there's it was a backstabbing, funny, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and at, at the core of it is 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 a real kind of warm heart of these women, and they're yeah. they're like their spirit, their positivity the whole way through. Like I mean, it's some feat to man, um, to really stand yeah. up for that amount of time, which is. Like a lot, yeah. 406 is a lot of days. And I think one of the women says at one stage, you know, is that, you know, they'd plan, say, an occupation, that they had to do the occupation because if they didn't do the occupation, they, you know, it all was going to be lost. Um, you know, and then something else would come up in the news. You know, she, I think what she said was oh, something else about COVID came up, you know, and just kind of knocked all of that, that work that they had done to try and bring themselves into the public attention, you know, 
something else happened in the doll or something else happened in the world and it you know it was gone so that was for that they were very difficult times for them you know so i think the only thing that kind of did keep them going was their own the the sort of friendships i suppose you build up and think at times like that and during disputes like this you know would have been quite intense and 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 i you know it would have been the thing that would maybe would have sustained people but for a lot of other people they just kind of drifted away you know slowly and again, I think since this has been out in the world, there has been some changes, thankfully. So um, I think there was a you had a, a screening in the doll that was attended by um, all the, the the slightly more left <laughs> politicians, which was lovely to see. Yeah, I mean, really look, it was a good idea. You know, yeah, it was it was a kind of fun night. But, you know, like they were taking votes in the doll. So the people were up and down and in and out. It wasn't, you know, perfect. <laughs> screening by any manner or means but it was you know I think it was important that um, for the women that the story like they're not naive you know they don't think that you know this is you know this is going to change really anything enormous but I think the, the important thing for them is that the story has been told and the story is kind of down in one place and it's not it's not the type of story that you know we make films that much about in ireland and um, you know there's no shots of cliffs and more or the wild atlantic way in this one and um, so um you know so i think the the achievement of of making the story and us all sort of staying together and staying on the same page about it which is very important to me that you know this is not my story this is a story that i've been asked to try and help to tell but, it, you know, you're, you're making it with the people that it's about. And that's the way I kind of like to work. So, um, you know, so that was important. And that was important that we were able to hold that together, you know, through throughout the process. So towards the end of the edit, we did bring in a group of the really kind of shop stewards group from around the country and showed them and kind of talked about things. And people were generally really happy with what we'd done because they'd known the approach that we were taking as we were as we were making the film, you know. And definitely film as activism, film with changing minds and educating people. I think this ticks every single one of those boxes. Um, It kept the story alive at a time where it would have been again, I as a viewer, when I first saw the film, you know, had that vague memory. And then, you know, that was blasted through with COVID. But then you're brought on that journey and you're kind of that represents all of those injustice, injustices that are happening at the moment in the world and the intensity of them and how unfair they are from that lived human experience and um, that we all yes. know is like what is fair what is equal is you know is people sacrificing but yeah like i mean it seems to me that like you know you know people can can apply the law through injunctions and stuff like that but then when it comes to sacking people with emails, there doesn't seem to be that many laws there to help people. You know, they have to they have to go to the court, to the WRC, you know, uh, to try and to try and get sort of justice. And that justice is often, you know, strung out over years like this case is in the WRC. Um, and, you know, it's it, it was meant to be resolved a year and a half ago. And it's still kind of going through courts, you know, to to the workplace relations committee. So you know, 
the processes are, are very cumbersome and and difficult in terms of representation of of people whereas something like you know the injunctions happen and they're applied and they just go through you know so there is a, con- a contrast there and i i, I think that kind of casualization really of, of labor has you know there's there, there's real dangers there i mean we're lucky at the moment you sort of say well you know how how was this kind of resolved from the women's point of view? I I think because there's pretty much full employment in the economy, people were able to get other jobs, but they wouldn't have got jobs that would have had the sort of an security that those jobs that they had that they got 15, 20 years ago, they they'd have nothing like that. That you know they'd just be sort of casual contracts. I think so. You know, that's there. There's some of the very big sort of changes that have taken place. So we might kind of consider ourselves kind of lucky that we have a pretty buoyant economy at the moment. But, you know, if that ever changed, you know, that's, you know, the consequence in terms of employment are, are quite dire, really, in terms of people's rights. I think the legislation that you, that 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 you know, relates to the injunctions and that came in in the early 1990s, I think in 1991, 1992. And, you know, um, and that, that legis- that's the legislation, that legislation probably needs to be looked at in, in the light of, you know, the changing, the changing nature of employment, employment contracts. And if this film highlights nothing else, it's that if you are a policymaker or a lawmaker, the cost to the state has been very high. Mm. When there was money there, there was money to be found in the liquidation process. Mm. Like there was stuff covered, but actually in enforcing the the rights of this uh, company to dissolve their assets and paying off all those mm. um, social bills. Like it's just, yeah, you can kind of see how you know, I, like the yeah. like, it, it doesn't suit us as taxpayers to be, you know, rallying behind these laws yeah. either. They they really only help a very very small few. But look, I was I was reading in May of this year, the workers did win. I mean, if you think of how much time has passed, this is twenty twenty three. But they had did win a key battle in challenging their collective redundancies. Um, after a test yeah, case did, ended. But, but KPMG appealed to that, and that appeal is still kind of going through. So they didn't get anything. So that's what I mean in a way that you kind of have, you know, these huge accounting firms and law firms and stuff like that, that are international and internationally based and look at things internationally, you know, and this was just a small cog in the, the you know, in liquidating the whole Devlin's kind of enterprise. And it was an important cog in that process, but, you know, those companies can can just keep things in the courts for 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 a very long period of time now there is meant to be a, a ruling on that that judgment that you said so that judgment did come out in favor and it was it was good that it did but uh, you know within two or three weeks the the kpmg sort of uh, appealed to that and you know that's back in in the process of things so you're kind of talking about you know, years out of people's lives. And I think sometimes that's that's how these people can win, you know. God, that's because so they, you know, it is pretty depressing, you know. But it's I you know that you know uh 
that's what kind of happens a lot of the time you know that things go legal and they go into processes that take that move very very slowly and you know the rest of us have to try and live our lives you have to try and sort of make money to 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 keep things going and uh, you know six months a year two years three years is a long long time you know and has there been positives has there been um you know like good changes or at least did this provide a catharsis and a, a sense of unity for the women and I think it did I think it's achievement of the film is really putting the story down and hopefully that that story is there then you know that that you know um I think it was it was hugely important to the women that you know all those different strands and the fact that it had been a national dispute and that they had stayed together as a kind of as as um shop stewards groups and that they 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 had done you know and really, you know, the film is sort of saying that they were hard done by and the film is sort of saying that this was wrong, what happened to them. And, you know, I'm very happy that it's say, saying those things and that's there hopefully forever, you know. Um, you know, so you, you kind of can't take that away. But in terms of, of changing the world and changing legislation and those things, that's, a you know, they're such different processes. And it was, you know... Like, I'm not a member of any political party or anything like that. But, you know, it was those left wing parties that did support, you know, the women. And I think there was there was an element there, you know, oh, these people are just being used by these kind of left wing kind of parties and stuff like that. And, you know, that was, again, sort of insulting to the sort of women that they'd allow themselves just to be used to for to further the ends of, you know, political parties i mean it was just it was the same sort of arrogance that 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 was sort of saying that they didn't know how to negotiate you know that five men could negotiate something that 11 women with hundreds of years experience you know being able to they those sort of people wouldn't be able to understand it you know that's what they that's that was the and that was all the time like you know that that was the impression I got, and I kind of even got that about the film in a, in a way. So I did I did try and sort of I asked some questions of some of the politicians to sort of say basically, were you running the show? Were they running the show? And it was very much they were saying, look, no, <laughs> you know, the the women were 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 moving this thing forward, and we were there to sort of support them, you know. But it was true that it was it was the more fringe left wing parties that were that 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 took an interest in it. Nobody else really took a, a huge interest in it. And one might say the left isn't isn't a fringe anymore. We've all been forced there. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or, oh, yeah because of situation. Absolutely. Yeah, with the way things are in the world, I mean, we're 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 fairly lucky that we have a choice that we can vote, and hopefully we can change things for the better. You know, but I suppose it's really it is without kind of some sort of political change a lot of the issues that that are kind of embedded in this in this film won't be addressed you know yeah and it's great it's great that it's still having a life it's great that it's still being seen and it's um and it's and it's lovely to get to see it on the big screen i think things like this also they're more powerful to watch it in numbers because you do it is a it is a collective experience as well um as a as a society we are all we should all be invested in it so we're you're screening at um still voices festival in november thank you so much great Gemma. thank you 